0: Today on Locked On Red Wings, Ben Sherratt's OT winner gives Detroit their first ever win against Seattle and helps them split the road trip to Western Canada. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I'm a podcast producer for the Daily J, a WWJ Radio podcast. Well, Scotty's host over at Locked On Tigers, as well as a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get 150 bonus bucks with any five dollar bet, that's hundred and fifty bucks if your first bet wins. Visit FanDuel.com/slash locked to get started. Scotty, what a game we had out in Seattle this this after we can say this afternoon because this will probably premiere Friday evening, so we can say this afternoon. Uh, what a game out there in Seattle, wasn't it, buddy?
1: Absolutely, man. Just uh, I mean, a lot of really good hockey. Uh, maybe good isn't even the right word. A lot of crazy hockey, I guess, <laughs> <It> <laughs> around the league. Hot- yeah, right, around the league on Monday. Obviously the the Wild and Canucks game was wild, that is for sure. Yeah. Um but yeah, great hockey game, man. I I think that that is one where the league is happy that uh that that game ended up looking how it looked cuz that was a really close back and forth game. Obviously overtime's always fun and uh led to uh led to a game winner. So yeah, absolutely. It was
0: it wasn't a pretty game at times. Uh, the first period was Certainly really not. rough, which I think is a really good segue right into our difference makers for the uh, episode uh, for this game against the Seattle Kra- Kraken. And Scotty, I'm going to go to you first because you know we talked about it beforehand, and I know who your difference maker is. <laughs> who is your difference maker for the game against the Seattle Kraken?
1: Yeah, it's going to be Alex Lyon, and I know that uh, some people give him a little bit of heat for falling down on that one goal given up to uh, to tie the game there, but. Uh, he had what 38 saves 30 mm-hmm. he faced over 40 shots uh and uh, really i think is the sole reason that the wings were even in the game nonetheless tied after one uh that was a really sluggish start to the game by the skaters for the wings and lion and the defense i know that you want to talk about as well early on um the defensemen i should say uh early on certainly played a little bit of a factor as well, but yeah, man, they, yeah, it was all Seattle for almost all of that first period. And we walked out of there one-to-one because of how good lion was. So, um, yeah, obviously again, the the little, I guess we'll call it a mistake there just slipping and allowing that goal late in the game, obviously isn't a great look, but he was fantastic in this game, uh, outside of that.
0: Yeah. I mean, it it was a bad look and it was obviously the, Whole team was getting caved in on the defensive zone and, and on that play, Seattle was cycling the puck like crazy, and then it was a delayed penalty, so they were able to do whatever they wanted in the offensive zone, yeah. their offensive zone rather, and because they couldn't get any resistance against Alex Lyon or for Alex Lyon, that puck came across and just he he went to lateral and he fell, and it was a bad look. Yeah. It sucked, but. Outside of that, he was fantastic. I mean, you're not even in that game if it's not for Alex Lyon in that first period, especially because that first period was rough by the Detroit Red Wings. Like they just, they didn't look like they were going to have a game (laughs) in that first period and he kept them in it and they were lucky to walk away with a first period tie. And it wouldn't have happened without him. Um, and then I'm going to go to the opposite end of the spectrum. You talking at the end there about the first period, I'm going to go to overtime. My difference maker is Ben Schratt.
1: No,
0: <laughs> no more simply than he scored the game winner. Unlikely
1: hero. Pretty objective uh, difference. maker, Right. On that right. One. I, <laughs> pretty, pretty, pretty tough to argue against uh, an OT game winning score for sure. His his goal
0: sort of kind of made the difference in this game. You could say, yeah, you could argue
1: the difference, <laughs> the sole difference between one and two points. Yeah.
0: And that was his, what his third goal of the season. He, you know, the defense as a whole minus Olimata, who I guess we should talk about when we get to notable performances. Uh, I thought they played a pretty good game and I know people are going to be like, Whoa, did you watch the hockey game? And I just mentioned how the entire time in the defensive zone on that Goal where Lyon tripped and fell, they were just getting cycled and caved in. But I attribute that more towards the how the forwards played in this hockey game than the defense. I felt, especially in that first period when the team was sluggish, the forwards were just, their forecheck was non-existent. They weren't getting into position. The defense would win the puck battles in the corners. They'd chip it up to the wingers and the wingers would turn it over. I felt like a lot of that game was Alex Lyon. A lot of that first period, especially was Alex Lyon and the defense just trying to keep the team afloat. And that's what happened. So I thought the defense, Ben Chirot, Jeff Petrie, Sider, uh, Wolman, I know if you look at their analytics, because they got caved in in shots in general in this game and shot attempts like every other game, because it's just how the Red Wings play hockey, they do quality over quantity, isn't going to look good. But I i got to say, like, I didn't think that they had a bad game. Again, minus Olimata. So, yes, Ben Chirot's my difference maker because he obviously scored the goal that made the difference in this hockey game. Unlikely hero, assisted by Larkin and Raymond. Uh, but I thought the defense as a whole, I mean, they this Seattle Kraken team forechecks really freaking hard, Scotty. Mm-hmm. Really freaking hard. They're fast. They forecheck hard. And the defense and Alex Lyon, you know, even if it was on their heels a lot of the time, they did just enough to keep those pucks out of the back of the net more times than you were putting it in the back of theirs. So I mean, I gotta give it to the defense and to the uh and to Ben Charat for being the difference maker.
1: Yeah, no, you, you can compliment a group and, and still understand that there's, uh, you know, it wasn't perfect, right? Like, they they, they did enough to win, and that's a really sometimes all you're going to ask for uh, on the last game of a West Coast road trip like that. I think uh, I'm just happy to get out of there with two points, and I and to your point, I think the defense did enough. There were a few plays, too, I think in the second period specifically um that was where seattle at one point obviously we we talked about they kind of dominated the first as far as just opportunities but uh in the second you know the the tide really started shifting a little bit and the wings kind of held their ground a little bit more in that second when a the wings forward started forechecking more I mean, we even saw a couple of moments where patrick kane was like aggressive on the forecheck and whatnot Mm -hmm. i mean i but um, and, and Alex Dobrinkit played defense for one play. There's a ter- uh, dude, <laughs> for one play, right? It's, well, <laughs> no, I meant, I meant played defense for a play, not played defense for one play that, but you could uh, argue, but um, he, uh, he had to slide and cycle back and play as a makeshift defenseman and made a good play. Right. Um, so the, I, I think as the game went along, they kind of found, their sea legs a little bit, but, uh, but the defenseman, you know, to your point with Sherrod, like obviously he scored the game winner, but um, him and Petrie had a couple of, uh, a couple of really good plays in our zone together in the second period. Specifically there was, uh, and I think that that kind of stopped the, maybe not shifted the momentum straight up to the wings favor, but at least stopped the rush after rush and, and possession game that Seattle was winning so much early on in the game. So um, yeah, I uh, I'm with you there.
0: And of course, I mean, I guess we're kind of transitioning now into like notable players type stuff now. Yeah. Uh, to continue with the defensive talk, we you mentioned there, Sherrod and Petrie, but of course. Sider and Wolman, too, even though they'll be at the bottom in Corsi four percentage and expected goals four yeah. percentage because they play the most minutes. It's the toughest. Game, yada, yada yada We've been there, done that. Sider had six block shots in this game, led the team. He made some really nifty plays for breakouts from the defensive zone that sometimes led the turnovers by the forwards. But, you know, he was doing everything. He, had, he broke up a couple two on ones. Uh, obviously, he had that first goal of the game. So the defense was doing a little bit of everything. Two of the four goals came from the back end. And then, of course you know all the plays they made in the defensive zone with the assists assistance of Alex Lyon and Net again not to not to beat the dead horse and circle back too much and ramble but again from the first period they were lucky to come out of it 1-1 and it's because of the defense and because of Lyon and they continued that through as the ball got rolling and the Red Wings began to play better hockey through the next two periods so i mean credit to just everyone but i mean i guess from there we can if we're going to keep the trend of defense i guess we could talk about olimata at the start of segment two because i might as well just wrap up all the defense we're going to talk about all the defensemen apparently in this game against the seattle kraken so we're going to go to a slightly early break but then when we come back we'll talk about olimata because what a hot and cold game from him uh in this one so stay tuned to lockdown red wings Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any $5 bet. That's 150 bucks if your bet wins. Bet on all your NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and more. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to shoot your shot. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Segment two, Lockdown Red Wings podcast, Scotty, in our just incessant talking of the defense today. I don't know if we've ever talked about defense as much as we are today. We've talked about pairings and players, but not the whole defensive core as much as we've talked about in this hockey game. But what a crazy game for a guy like Ulimata, uh in this one. He obviously, I think the two that are going to stand out from to most people are... The Jared McCann goal, where he did not get inside positioning and was just trying to poke it away from Jared McCann's stick when McCann was all alone with, in front of Lyon. Like that's a spot where if you're Olimata, you have got to get inside positioning or tie him up. You cannot be the outside guy because you're just you're giving up a goal in that instance. And then, of course, late in the game, he makes that dumb cross check to give the Red Wings a penalty kill with a minute 45 left in regulation in a tie game. Those two play. If, if the Seattle Kraken had scored on that power play, he would have been this game's difference maker for both of us because those two plays directly would have led to two goals against, but thankfully the penalty kill bailed them out. And so he avoids those honors on the same note. He, Whiffed on a wrist shot coming down the wing. JT Confort set him up beautifully for a one-timer, and he didn't get anything on that, although credit to Seattle defense. There's a diving play that got a stick on it. But at the same time, if you look at his metrics in this game, he and Shane Bear led the team in expected goals 4 percentage and Corsi 4 percentage in this hockey game. Now, granted... They play the fewest minutes against the easiest competition. They get a lot of offensive zone starts because of those, those factors. You're going to give most of your starts in the defensive zone to decided Wallman. So those are huge parts of why they typically are leading the team in those metrics. Cause they get pretty soft deployments, but they still played 17 minutes of ice time and they had like 22 shot attempts for and 12 shot attempts against when they were on the ice at five on five. So it's like the overall scope of their game in this one, pretty good with the exception of like two or three big glaring mistakes by Olimada. So I mean, yeah, notable player, almost a difference maker for the wrong reasons.
1: For sure. Yeah. That, honestly, I, I think the second most frustrating thing for me was um him coming out of the box in overtime. He came out of the box and and they the wings were on the rush right when he came out of the box. And After you know a minute or a minute and a half or whatever of Seattle puck possession to start off overtime, Olimata gets the puck on his stick and tries to force just like you know kind of barreling into uh, right in front of the net and tries to force a opportunity. loses the puck, you know, isn't able to to get the puck off his stick. It just gets poked away, and then thankfully Lucas Raymond gets the puck back pretty quickly thereafter. You know, five seconds later at the blue line, but I I. Was more upset at him for that than maybe anything except for the the cross check because uh, it's just, you know, overtime's a possession game and to not have possession for so long and then not even get a really that good of an opportunity and just give it away like immediately would have been really frustrating. So, yeah, I, I feel like maybe just moments of trying to do too much. Um, I've liked what Olimata has provided this team this year. This is, you know, just a bad game and move on type of yeah. thing. Um, I, I still. Prefer him. I think him and Ghost have been uh, have been pretty serviceable, and I yeah, I I think that uh, that that Mata has been been good in the role that we expected of him this year. So you know, not a change my outlook of him on the season. Like too big of an overreaction here, but certainly for one game, uh, rough outing there by by Mata. Oh yeah, I'm not trying to execute
0: Oli Mata on the podcast today. This was no, a sure. this was for an sure. outlier of a game for him. He's not a dirty player. He doesn't take many penalties. And normally he's defensively sound. So a lot of those instances where, you know, in an instance today where he didn't get the inside positioning nine times out of 10, he's going to. So this was an abnormally bad game for a guy like Olimata. And like you were saying with overtime, like he was only out there because he came out of the box. Normally right. he wouldn't even set foot on the ice in overtime. That's right. not his role. Cause of course he's going to make a play like that, which is why he doesn't play overtime.
1: Right. So- and I think your point for the analytics is, is, I think that is really all there is to say about it. Like he, you know, Third, third pairing, easiest deployment, easiest "quote unquote" deployment, um, and uh, and and yeah, I think that that's pretty much the the sole reason you see that stuff. But I, I didn't think that the pair was like their pairing was just a liability all night, though. Right? Like, I mean, he had some some bad plays, but as far as again what you were talking about earlier, as far as the defensive performances from the defenseman, I didn't think that. You know, that pairing was just a liability out there either. So yeah. uh yeah, just a couple of, of plays in a vacuum that uh he wants back, I'm sure. And uh thankfully, Wing still got two points out of it. So yeah. uh if, if your if your worst game of the year comes when your team still wins, um we'll we'll take that.
0: Absolutely. Uh another notable player, I think you'd be remiss without mentioning it. Lucas Raymond, two points in this game. He gets that's his forty-fifth and forty-sixth. On the season, surpassing his season total from last season in 19 fewer games as well. They said on the broadcast, and I I'm, I didn't have time to double check, but I'm going to assume ESPN got their analytics right that he currently leads all U21 players in points this season. So that's pretty pretty big deal for a guy like Lucas oh, Raymond, right. drafted fourth overall. He's on pace to smash his career high of what 57 points he set in his rookie year. Yeah. He's had a hell of a, a hell of a season. He's on a huge heater since the new year turned. He's been great. And right now I think that's his 51st game played. Cause he missed a little bit of time to, a little bit of time to injury earlier in the season. Uh, was that this year? No, he's played 54 games. So that would set straight up. He's played every single game. I'm yeah, thinking last in, year. I think
1: that was the end of last season. Yeah. It was
0: last year. Where he missed a little bit of time. I don't. Everything's burned together, but he has 46 points in 54 games, which is a really good pace for a 21 year old. So yeah.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and again, when we've, uh we've also seen a little bit of a line blender the last few games as well and he really hasn't missed a beat and I think that's honestly maybe one of the contributors as to why right because they're getting more and more confident putting him at the start of his career was just you know he's got to be with Larkin like he's with Larkin he's with Larkin and now there's even a little bit more flexibility where they're you know he's coming into his own so much where the coaching staff and the organization is giving him you know kind of a little bit longer of a leash there and uh there's there's growing confidence in him spreading out his production even when he's not on that top line with larks. So
0: yeah, and I speaking of Raymond's goal, uh, first Raymond's goals, Petrie assisted on. So another credit to the defenseman in this hockey game. There you go. But the one we didn't talk about yet. The one we didn't talk about. Uh as you were saying though, you know, that was a big criticism of Lucas Raymond this since he got drafted and made his debut two seasons ago, is that he could not play without Lucas Raymond or without Dylan Larkin. He is Lucas Raymond without Dylan Larkin. And so I think there were a lot of people who are thinking when they took him off the wing a few games ago, or just last game, rather that, Oh God, his production is going to just crater. And it hasn't. And granted two games, but you know, in those two games, he's proven that he can be a playmaking winger regardless of who his center is. So obviously the overtime goal came out, came when he was out there with Larkin and Sherrod, it was a pass to Larkin, but it doesn't matter who he's with He's producing results and he's had a great year Uh, as has Patrick Kane in his abbreviated tenure with the Detroit Red Wings. He's so
1: good, dude. (laughs) He's so good. (laughs) It's, it's like funny how good he still is. Like, it actually makes me laugh. It's like, wow, that's actually crazy how, how good he still is. And just, you know, going into like his decision and whatnot and, How many people, obviously myself included in that group, um, just look like stupid now and how many franchises where if you turned back time would maybe be a little bit more aggressive in pursuing him. He he's he's really, really good at his job. Yes, he is.
0: Uh, with another point in this game, he's got 23 points in 24 games with the Detroit Red Wings. He assisted. almost,
1: almost, man, that crossbar! I can uh, somebody somebody tweeted out like after the game ended and said uh, said I can still hear the ping
0: right <laughs> from
1: that. That was a loud, that was a loud crossbar, man. But. Uh, but yeah. it was a
0: beautiful feed to Brinkett who missed the shot uh, but it wrapped all the way around it's back he to Patrick Kane
1: understatement yeah
0: he was real wide uh went all the way back to Patrick Kane who then fed more at cider who had just an absolute clap on that was yeah. Patrick Kane's 800, 800th career assist yeah and it was more cider's seventh goal of the season which ties his career ho- career high he set in his rookie year so just a game full of like not my mi- I mean obviously Kane's is a milestone but you know tying career highs or beating season bests, all well, around mean, for the, the man Cider
1: on that play too just slowly kind of trickled up from the back, like really took his time and picked his spot. It was a really, really high IQ play by uh by Mo. It was an absolute bomb. Absolute. Oh, clapper, bomb. dude. Absolute clapper.
0: And then uh what you Daniel Sprong scored a goal a goal against his former
1: team, scored revenge game, baby year, 15th of the season for him against Stronger. Revenge, he almost had another. He just couldn't lift the puck. He almost had another. There was that one sequence where I think it was Fabry. Oh yeah, in the third period, Fabry had it like open net on one side, go- <laughs> leaps across. They get it to Sprong on the other side, wide open net. Just too many sticks get on his stick. He can't lift the puck. Uh, like it was, it was genuinely they were just going from one corner to the other, wide open net, and neither of them could uh, could finish. But uh, yeah, the the goal that he did have was a beauty, though.
0: A good feed by Christian Fisher too. That's what he does. <laughs> That's what he it's does. He's the dog right there. So, I mean, as far as notable performances go by individual players, I think that about Joe Valeno, I thought had a great game. Sure. Right before I move on. I just want to, uh, he had one really bad turnover in the third period. But other than that, like he was buzzing, trying to get stuff going uh, on the wing there. So I, yeah, man, wh- I want to talk about the top line too. I know we talked about Patrick Kane as in a vacuum, but I, I want to talk about the top line too. When we come back But outside of that, I think we're, I think we covered about everything in this game, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's everybody I had. Uh, we talked about before for sure. Right.
0: Power play only had one opportunity. Didn't score PK. Oh my
1: gosh. I mean, we could talk about that power play if you want. That was uh, not great, Bob. Like that was, I think, I think at one point, I don't know if it ended, uh, but at one point the Kraken had at least as many, if not more opportunities than the wings did in their power play. It was I'll not be honest.
0: Great. I'm okay not talking about it, considering it was their only power play opportunity. So okay and it was in the just...
1: first period when the wings were struggling mightily. But yeah, um, but yeah, dude, you you can't get matched in <laughs> opportunities <laughs> while you're on the power play. It was really, really not great at all. Really rough. Pa- the first period was just bad. Rough passing, a lot of turnovers, a lot of giveaways, et cetera.
0: So yeah, we'll uh, wrap up anything lingering from this hockey game against the Seattle Kraken in segment three. And uh, stay tuned to Lockdown Red Wings. Got to talk to you guys today about Game Time. Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. See the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All in prices show your total upfront so you know you're getting a great deal before you check out. Buy tickets in seconds with two taps. They're obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on tickets. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even an hour after it starts. It's the place to find last minute seats. Find exclusive flash deals and sponsor deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and of course hockey. It's not on here, but hockey, of course, with zone deals. You pick up, you pick the section, and GameTime picks the seats for big time savings. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code locked on for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code locked on for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest-priced, guaranteed. Segment three, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. I do want to say, you know, obviously Patrick Kane had a pretty good game. He got an assist, his 800th. He was one just, a half-inch away from scoring the game winner near the end of regulation. But ever since the lines got mixed up just a couple games ago now, it's so the second game with the new lines. That top line, I'd feel like, hasn't done a whole lot to producing offense. And while there's like individual moments where they'll have like a moment here or a moment there where they'll be dangerous, I think that there's not enough speed on that line right now with Michael Rasmussen on one wing and Patrick Kane on the other. Obviously, Dylan Larkin has a ton of speed. Uh, but I, I just feel like that line's struggling to break out of the offensive zone and sometimes struggling to break into the offensive zone too, which is crazy considering Kane and Larkin are pretty much the only ones who are consistently can on a normal everyday basis. But I feel like the last two games, that offensive line at the cost of other forward lines, hasn't been able to do as much. the second line obviously has been good. Third and fourth line have been good, but I feel like that first line is kind of getting caved in, especially in the defensive zone, which is surprising considering what Michael Rasmussen brings to the table.
1: Yeah, for sure. I, I also, I mean, for big picture roles. Like, I don't think anybody is holding their breath and expecting Rasmussen to like be a fixture on a the top line for a playoff team. Like you know what I mean? Like I, I think he 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 brings he definitely brings that edge. Um, but you know, top line deployment's a whole different beast. Like we talk about it all the time. And um yeah, I, I don't know. I'm I'm uh I don't disagree with you. I, I do think that if you are going to have Debrinket, it come for Raymond. Like if you really like that second line, then you have a hole that needs to be filled at top line wing, right? Like you, I think that that's a, a pretty fair assessment of that situation. If that's how you want the second line to look, I think you're missing a clear and obvious choice there up top. Um, certainly, you know, those two wingers are not going to bring you a lot of speed. So like, you're definitely, like you're, you're pretty objectively right in that department. I, like, whatever they're going to do with line blending and whoever they're trying to to mix and match him with is all in an attempt to get more production and more goal scoring, specifically, I should say, at even strength, uh, very specifically, from Alex DeBrinke. Like, I, I just, I feel like that's kind of the overarching theme of th- this entire, like, mixing and matching and blending and whatnot is just uh, how do we get the most... Out of cap and uh until that question is answered or until he goes on a heater, because the second that he starts going scoring goals like, you know, in bunches or, you know, at even strength specifically on bunches, whoever he's playing with, that's going to be it until he cools down, at least if not longer, right? Like they're going to ride with that hard once they find it. So, Um, I feel like as weird as it is to just continuing to bring him up, even though, you know, your initial point was about Kane and and Rasmussen. I I just I feel like that's really the overlying uh, conversation to have with any of how the lines look in the top six for the foreseeable future.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's part of it. I think the other part is that they just kind of lack that bona fide top. Like they have three top six wingers. They don't have a fourth as well. So it's like you said it's it's part to brink it part just trying to find a formula that'll mix every single game because before, you know, two games straight they had a in this game in particular, the top line of Larkin Kane uh and Rasmussen. Michael Rasmussen, thank you, had an expected goals, four percentage of 13.39, which again, that's not everything, but it, it is supplemental information to illustrate my point that they did not look good in this game. Obviously, Patrick Kane had a couple of really good moments. I thought Michael Rasmussen had a couple of really good moments, but outside of those moments the game as a whole, I thought they were getting kind of killed and the defense in the defensive zone were getting killed because of that as well. They could not move the puck up the ice. And I, I do think that comes down to lack of speed. But like you look at before that, even when the team kind of kind of was kind of winning. The second line, which was what Comfer Debrinket, and Kane, was getting kind of killed on a, a nightly basis. So it was, it was hard. It's hard to really figure out what your bona fide top six is. It, it could just come down to like they need to continue to play to get the chemistry. Maybe they'll look better. But again, this is back to back wins with this lineup. So you know, don't maybe not shake what needs what's not broken necessarily but i just i've seen what this top line has done straight two straight nights and they're your top line they need to produce and you know outside of a Kane assist you know Larkin really didn't uh, Larkin got the overtime but that's not with that line um the, the top right. line really hasn't seemed like it's done a heck of a lot at five on five. So that's, it's just something that I'm keeping my eye on as we go forward. I'm not advocating for breaking it up yet, but if they don't start producing soon, you're going to see lines get shaken up.
1: For sure. Um, Yeah. I mean, like even when, when rest was first put there, I mean, like one of the first things we said was like, yeah, like I'm down to try anything, but that's not going to stick. Like I, you know what I mean? Like, I don't don't think, I don't think anybody expects Rasmussen to be the, the, you know, on the, uh, on the first line for the remainder of the season, but, um. Obviously, if they start producing, that'd be awesome. And like then (laughs) I I would (laughs) that that would be great if they start uh, they start, you know, lighting the lamp pretty consistently here. That's awesome. So if that does happen, then keep it. Don't mess with a good thing. Like you said, I'm not advocating for him to like get booted off. And, uh, you know, he was fine. But um, I I think that there's a lot of mixing and matching they're still trying to do. And I think it kind of all revolves around how to get cat going.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Final thing we got to get to in this episode, just quick standings update for you guys. Uh, Now the Lightning and the Senators are currently in play as we record this, so we don't know the results of that. But with the Red Wings win, they're now one point back of the Tampa Bay Lightning, at least temporarily, for the first wild card spot. Uh, The Toronto Maple Leafs did win in this, did beat the St. Louis Blues, so they maintain a four-point gap on you. The Devils did not play. The Islanders did not play. Uh, and then I think that about the, Oh, Buffalo lost Anaheim, which helps as well. So not a ton of playoff implications, red wings, hold on to their playoff spot for now. They got four points now on the devils, uh, the devils with a game in hand. And if the lightning lose, they will be one point back of that first wild card spot again. So getting back on the schneid and winning two games at the end of that West coast road trip, I deem it a successful road trip. I said, if they split, it's a successful road trip and they split. So we're good to go. Now, the back half of this month eases up pretty significantly. Now, the next game is a tough one. Colorado at home, though, as Red Wings play at home against Colorado, then against St. Louis at home, go to Chicago. Washington and New York Islanders finish February at home. So, following the games against Colorado, it's a significantly easier back half of the month, but against some pretty big-time opponents, teams you're fighting for wild-card spots with.
1: Yeah, it would be, uh, considering we've played one more game than New Jersey, too, it would be really, really nice if they dropped on Tuesday night. <laughs> it would be. Uh,
0: anyway, Scotty, do you have any final thoughts about anything? Um, I don't think so, man. We ball. All right, we do ball. We'll be back with a new episode tomorrow. Same time, same place. See your team every day. Every day.